We're heading to kickoff on the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show. Bears talk continues right after the game. Join us for the Bears postgame show with Jeff Meller and Howard Griffin. And Bears Monday begins at 7 a.m. with the new morning show, Cap and J Hood. This is ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. It's the home opener for the Bears after a win in Detroit last week. They get the New York Giants at Soldier Field, a noon kickoff. Brian Hanley, Fred Huebner with you. And, Brian, I was looking at um, the points the points bet sportsbook as the harmonica is blasting in my ear. <laughs> Sorry, Tyler. I just... Guys, like the guy was sitting next to me playing harmonica there. <laughs> um... I was looking at the points bet sports book and they've got some overs and unders and things like that. A lot of different things you can bet. I oh, think tons, you can bet tons. the game and then you can bet yeah. like a hundred other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and do it in, in game too. Yes. In uh, game, so which is great. Yeah. People had faith in the bears last week when they were down 17, uh, were well paid by the end of the game. Yeah, there's no doubt. So they have Mitchell Trubisky over under 243 and a half yards. Mm-hmm. David Montgomery over under 55 and a half yards. Ooh. And see, this is tough because you have so many backs. They take, you know, stuff away from Tariq Cohen over under 28.5 yards. And then uh, receiving um, Allen Robinson over under 65 and a half yards. That sounds like an easy over, but that's, hmm. that's usually that how things scare get you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That that's, should scare you. That's usually how things get me. Um, right. Yeah, I had... Uh, who did I have? I think I had Jose Abreu for an RBI last night, and the Sox had five homers, and he hit one of them. So, so that's what that was good. Let's go on out to a Soldier Field for the first time this season, and it's a, a lot quieter than usual, uh, except JD's posting that the DJ's rocking some tunes. Jeff Dickerson on uh, the Corona Hotline. JD, what's up? A lot of tunes, guys. For <laughs> I guess all 150 of us here in the stadium to enjoy. <laughs> Is there yeah, enough is. harmonica for you? There's enough. There's enough harmonica. I, I like that. I mean, he is he is a giving you a wide swath of uh, of songs this morning. The Soldier Field DJ is here. He's not on the field. He's usually field level. They have him up in in the uh, the concourse because there really is nobody here. I mean, it, it is it is strange to look out now at the Waldron lot where everyone tailgates on on the top floor, top level, completely empty. There was no traffic getting here this morning. No one around the stadium. There are a lot of security guards positioned around the stadium, um, standing around. Some are on bikes. But the foot traffic, except for the joggers I saw this morning, guys, has been virtually non-existent. So uh, we'll see how this goes. They have, like, the first, you know, in the lower bowl around the, the field itself, they have, like, the first, you know, 30 rows in each section tarped off with advertising. So that that's a noticeable change to the stadium itself. But yeah, they're out there warming up and just no one being here. I could make a joke. It's like the John Fox era, but I don't <laughs> want to do that. And no, shot no, there because no, it's a beautiful, beautiful morning. That. I won't do that. I won't. Do that. Uh, is Bear Man walking around there? I feel for him. We should have a wellness check for. Or was it? Is it Dan or Don Wachter? Or the guy who's been? Where's that half bear head on his face and the face paints and I mean. What's a guy like that do today? I don't know. I mean, maybe he still wear, does he wear, have the Doug Plank jersey? I think that's what he was wearing, Brian, back in the day. Yeah. Right. He was wearing yeah. the old 46. Uh, yeah, I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't seen him. They, they haven't uh, – look, they, they've really, you know, slimmed down 
uh, people that they bring with them. Now, uh, here uh, at home, the staff, as far as like the inner workings of the stadium, is still is still pretty robust. I mean, there are a lot of Bears employees. When you walk upstairs, it's like you know the same amount of people you know in the press box, you know, doing stuff, you know, getting getting stats ready, handing out flip cards and everything. But when they go on the road, like last week uh, in Detroit, their traveling party. Uh, people that used to travel with the team, like executives. I'm not talking about ownership because they can do what they want. They own the team. But like the personnel staff and everything, it, it's really been uh, reduced. So uh, they have like the bare minimum people. I saw my good friend and colleague Michelle Steele was down on the field uh, doing TV for us this morning on ESPN. Um, initially, they weren't going to let any uh, people have any sort of field access before the game as far as TV. Now, it looks like they've, because of a rights holder issue, They've sort of relaxed that stance. But, I mean, guys, typically, even when the stadium is empty as far as fans go, there are so many people milling about, um, you know, on the field, uh, you know, in the lower bowl, and you just don't see that here this morning. It's very strange. Jeff Dickerson out at Soldier Field joining us here on ESPN 1000. Um, Overnight, late night, uh, early this morning, they sign an extension for Tariq Cohen uh, all week long. The talk has been about Allen Robinson. Did you, did you know that Cohen was coming? Well, I think the Cohen deal was was an easier deal to do. Even though Fred and Brian, we we could talk about the uh, the uh, logic behind doing a deal like that for a player like Tariq Cohen. <laughs> that seems to be a lot of money uh, for someone who certainly plays a valuable role. But they love his spark for what I see. I they read. Do. He's yeah. a spark plug as Ryan Pace said <laughs> in the, in the release. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, certainly, you know, his contract was up after the year and I'm sure he would have liked to have had a deal after last year, like right away in the off season, but his year did not go according to plan. I mean, he had over 70 catches, but I want to say his average yards per catch guys last year was like under six, wasn't it? Something yeah, like that. Five, yeah. Six, yeah. Going, like yeah. 5.8 or 5.6 yeah. or something. So, yep. um, look, he, he plays a role. And he's a good – he's been a good return guy. Now they got Cordell Patterson uh, returning kickoffs. Um, you know, Cone would be your punt guy, but you're not having as many opportunities uh, on punt return, just like kickoff return. So I, I think that's a, a fairly um, aggressive number. But if they feel like they can fit it in in the salary cap structure and if he can continue to, like, I'm just wondering where does it go from here? You know, you, you make the investment and in, in how much better is he going to be uh, the older he gets and the more times he gets popped. Uh, but I'll tell you this about Tariq Cohen. You know, my, my initial thought, not, not, not concern, but just observation was, boy, he at 5'6", that's, that's not a lot of height. He's built well. But how durable was he going to be? And, guys, he has been remarkably durable. You, you cannot take away the fact that not only does he play every week, but that guy does not shy away from collisions, does he? He does no, not. No. He will get hit. He will hit you. So I, I just thought, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's a bit of a big number. I, I would have been interested to see what the rest of the league would have valued him at as far as free agency. Like, does he get $17.25 million in new money if he hits the open market? You know, we'll never know because he's a bear now. But but I do believe guys pretty strongly that they'll get the Robinson thing done. I mean, that that's a little bit trickier because um, you know well, he wants ta- top dollar. The, I don't no, think that, they want to quite go that high, but it'll happen. Well, and and the salary cap is coming down because of lack of revenue with with right. the pandemic. And you know, you, you're alluding to you know how effectively Ryan Pace manages a, a salary cap and. 
you know, how much money it, has he overpaid some guys to, to, you know, to, to the point where Allen Robinson's going to have to take what's left or uh, at, at a tier lower than what he and his agent believe he, he's, you know, worth. And, you know, how do you value guys been hurt, but he's seven years in the league and his numbers may in fact be better if he had a better quarterback as his agent, unfortunately put out on social media, you know, in kind of deriding uh, Mitch Trubisky. And also, too, Brian, you know, he's 27. And, and that, that's, a, that's still young. And that's why he did that short deal when he came to Chicago three years ago. So, like, if you look at it from Allen Robinson's perspective, everything you mentioned, like, that's a selling point. You know, he is healthy. He has played, you know, with maybe not the greatest quarterbacks uh, in mm-hmm. the world here in Chicago. But How the dare guy you? Had almost How dare 100- you? I'm sorry, sacrilegious. <laughs> What's well, empty here? No one can hear me. Fred. Okay, I can say okay. that stuff now. You know, okay. Even got my mask on a little bit so I can talk to you guys. Um, but 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 you know, look, he he had some some good numbers for an offense that was not good. Um, and he, and he is a young guy. Now, is he? You know, is he like a DeAndre Hopkins type player? Now, guys, I would say no. Okay, I I would not put him in that no. category. But he's still pretty good. And also remember. When you get paid, it's all about timing in this league. Exactly. I think Al Robinson's timing is pretty good. He's a young guy, still 27, healthy, coming off a big year. So he has every right to ask for top dollar. The Bears just have to figure out a way to give him a number that, that is going to be acceptable. Because I, don't think, I don't think either party wants to worry about the franchise tag. It could happen. They could always use it. But I think in this situation, given what Robinson um, the way he's he's acted uh, since he's been here, you know, real real solid guy, you know, good teammate, productive, still a young guy. I I think you know they want to get a long term deal done. It's just a matter of getting the numbers right. I'm looking here. Last year, a Rob with uh, in the Giants game had 131 yards receiving and a touchdown. Most of that from the slot, and he was in the slot quite a bit against the um, the Lions. How nice is it to have actually some receivers that have some speed can actually go deep and and draw the defense out, so you can open up the middle for a guy like Allen Robinson who can make all those catches and has no fear about going over the middle. Yeah, no, it's. it's- it, uh, in theory, it, it's good. Now, Fred, the first three quarters were not I know. out of the passing game last <laughs> week. And now Ted Ginn Jr. is inactive. Right. Um, that's a surprise because he was not on the report except for missing hit a personal like a vet day, I think, on Wednesday. Then he was back full go on Thursday and Friday. But this is not an injury-related deactivation here. Remember, he was the one that Mitch had that pass to on fourth down that the Bears said was tipped when it was not right. tipped. Right. That was weird. I don't know what angle they were looking at. That wasn't even close to being tipped. That was just a terrible pass. So I don't know if you're going to like dock points from Ted Ginn for that incompletion. I, I can't imagine that they would have. But so so that's strange. But they like Darnell Mooney a lot and Anthony Miller. You know, let's see what he does, guys. Building off the big game last week. You know, he's had good games against the Giants before in the past. Um, so I think that's someone they're excited about. Um, he had a great. I thought Anthony Miller guys had great and, and Allen Robinson had great concentration last week. And that's sort of what he had been missing a little bit was, was the mental aspect of everything. But he really, I thought, uh, dialed in last week. And, and can they do that today against a team that no one expects much out of the Giants? You know, first-year head coach and Joe Judge, you know, playing on a short week, on the road, uh, didn't run the ball at all last week, you know, Monday night. You know, brutal-looking offensive line from what we saw in the opener. So this is a game that the Bears really uh, should win, and and, and if they want to, you know, 
say that they're a good team, it's a game that you win convincingly. That, that's just how I feel. Do you guys feel differently? No, no absolutely. No. Uh, you know, I think we're, we're both in agreement there. But to that offensive line of the Giants, you know, how important is it for the Bears to get healthy here against, uh, you know, a rookie left tackle, a journeyman right tackle, a, a first-time uh, center? Um, you know, if they can, if they start looking like, you know, they, they if they get to Daniel Jones, he's going to either put the ball on the ground or throw it up into a Bears uh, in some Bears arms there. You should be able to really generate some turnovers and or sacks here. And, and Robert Quinn, Brian is back, and Fred, he's back uh, yeah. this week. You know, he's making his Bears debut. Um, you know, he was limited, of course, at practice, but they, they pretty much turned him loose, and they like what they saw. So, so he's going to give it, you know, he's going to play today. Uh, they want a better game from Khalil Mack. And uh, I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't put Jason Garrett in the category of offensive wizard. <laughs> so I, I don't know what they're going to have in store for the Bears, but I can tell you that uh, a lot of Cowboys fans are very happy because he's no longer the head coach in Dallas. So, I mean, I, I don't think you're going up against some offensive juggernaut. Now, Saquon Barkley is a great player, of course, a great player. Uh, but he couldn't get going last week. So, again, I'm not trying to, like, stack the box against the bears and, and put, you know, this pressure that, Oh my gosh, it's a game. They got to win by 40. But again, if, if you want people to believe that you are a good team, I know it's early only the second week and there's been no preseason and all that stuff. But if you want people to buy in and believe that you're for real, well, this is a game that, that you win in a, in a, in a sound fashion and, and really don't leave uh, much room for criticism. Again, that's just, that's just how I, how I view things here with this game. You know, JD, I was mentioning this to Brian and, during the course of the week, you see all kinds of stats from pro football focus and all these other things and football outsiders and everything else. I'm looking, I see a stat the other day that says most quarterback pressures among edge rushers on Sunday. It's got Joey Bosa with seven, and then Khalil Mack was tied for second with six. I don't know. Um, I don't didn't see any of those. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm not exactly sure what counts as a quarterback pressure, but, I mean, and you you were just mentioned, he needs to play better. Did you even notice that he had some pressure on the quarterback? Well, look, I, I think, and I think this is fair now, okay? I think when you're Khalil Mack and you're paid the way you're paid, um, I think you are here to make impact plays. Sure. Um, I think pressures are important. I don't go back there like these guys do and, and grade the film and grade pressures. I, that's not my job. That's not my job description. <laughs> I, I take everything uh, at face value. I believe everyone is, is, is doing the right thing. Um, but I'm just telling you that he's not here for that. He's here to knock the quarterback down. He's here to disrupt passes. He's here to strip the ball. Um, that's why he's here. And he has done that consistently as a bear, even though last year the numbers weren't still great. I mean, he still had what guys like five force fumbles, eight sacks. I mean, it wasn't by his standards; it was off, right? But it was still a season that most players would look back on and say that was that wasn't a bad season. So he needs to to come out today and and play like the guy that they traded for, gave up all this stuff to get, and then gave him that big deal. And if you think that's unfair, I, I got news for you: that's how life works in the NFL. Um, you want to be the big dog, uh, you, you got to make the big plays, and, and that's what they want from Mac today. Yeah, there's no doubt. Well, what about Danny Trevathan, uh, uh, J.D.? Is that just a bad day at the office last week, or is he going to really miss Eddie Goldman? Brian, that was quite a hit or miss, wasn't it? Um, yeah. There were some, some plays that were good, uh, but then, boy, there were some lapses. And, again, if, if DeAndre Swift catches that ball, 
I think the tenor of the pregame show guys today is it feels much different, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. And Trevathan was the one that just completely botched that coverage. Uh, that should have resulted in the Bears losing the game. Hey, look, they brought him back. They chose him over Nick Kwiatkowski, who I, I think is now playing through another pectoral injury, right, in Vegas with the Raiders. I think he got hurt, but he's going to try to play through it. Um, yes, I, I think as a veteran, I, I don't believe that Trevathan is done or anything based on last week, um, but I think as a veteran, someone who just got you know, re-signed and given some good money, uh, I think that he uh, he needs, uh, you know, just, just needs to be a much more uh, – consistent game but he's someone that really in the past has given this team very steady play so I, I was surprised to see the peaks and valleys that we saw from him last week at Ford Field I was JD we appreciate it as always um just hang hang with your closest friends there for three hours and then uh I'm sure that uh you'll have all kinds of fun things to talk about and write about when it's over oh it's a blast up here Fred I guess yeah. the fish being great people on their mask wearing you know? sure uh, on a scale of one to ten he gives he assigns everyone a number based on how they wear their mask oh, it's okay a, it's just a wild ride up here in the front <laughs> sounds like it thanks JD we'll talk to you soon Take care. Jeff Dickerson out at Soldier Field getting ready for the Bears. You want to jump on in? Your thoughts as we're approaching kickoff about 40-some minutes away, 312-332-3776. Tariq Cohen talked about how the things changed in the fourth quarter. We'll hear from him and more. We come back after this on ESPN 1000. Bears football. We're heading to kickoff on the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Points Bet Sportsbook, the fast and easy way to bet. Download the Points Bet app today. Do it right now. 312-332-3776. It was um, pretty bad going into the fourth quarter last week, and then things got better. Third down and goal. Lumini! This is the 11th play of the drive, and the pass caught for the touchdown by Jimmy Graham. And the Bears finally get it done. It's like pulling teeth in the dentist chair, the way the Bears are trying to get their offense going today. But Jimmy Graham, who still... Gets it done. Finally. Jump on, like you said. Ready. They know. And there's the rollout and the pass. And it's caught for the touchdown. Or you just roll it out and throw it to Javon Lynch for an easy touchdown. It could be one of them. Yeah, exactly. One of 11 things that they could do, right? (laughs) So, Wims with the touchdown catch from a yard out. And the Bears get their TD. First down. And there's the long pass to Miller. And Miller is there. And it's a touchdown. Anthony Miller, who has made two brilliant catches today, does it again. And the Bears take the lead. 27-yard pass. And Trubisky just laid it on the money, Jonathan, to Anthony Miller. Oh, highlights courtesy uh, Fox and... uh... Boy, Jonathan Vilma, they get let him work with uh, oh, Dick Stockton for Dick his Stockton. first game. <laughs> Help. Pulling yeah. teeth I know. I've been, in the dentist chair. I know. I've been saying it for decades, and people are finally agreeing with me now. Um, but anyway, Tariq Cohen was asked, what the heck changed in that fourth quarter with the offense? As an offense, we weren't all clicking on the same pages during it. The first three quarters, and then the fourth quarter, we knew like it's time. It's either now or never. So we all got that, you know, that mentality that, uh, you know, we got to do whatever it takes. Uh, you know, to the outside world, it may seem like it's all on him in the first three quarters, but 
you know, us being on the field with him, we know it's things that we could have done better. Yeah, there's some things that they could all do better, and uh, hopefully it goes for four quarters today and not just in the fourth quarter. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Yep. Eleven games last year, no first half TDs. Now, zero for one so far this year, and um, you know it looked bleak. And then, and not only that, you're not generating anything on offense. That final minute of the second of the of the first half, you leave enough time for them uh, for the Lions to score. Right, and I'm that thinking, was awful. I mean, this oh, it's just what a I mean, what a double whammy. Yeah, it's you can't be doing that, you know. How often do you see scores like that just, you know, usually generate momentum for a team to just hit the gas pedal? You know, fortunately, the Lions aren't capable, I guess. Yeah, and you're right. A lot of that stuff gets overlooked because they end up winning the game. Uh, 312-332-3776. Let's go to Jeff in D.C. Jeff, what's up? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, First-time caller. Big fans. Cool. Just wanted to uh, talk about the optics of the Tariq Cohen signing. I just feel like we've all been waiting for A-Rob to get signed. Um, you know, he's got a very unique skill set. Not a lot of, you know, not a lot of uh, first-tier wide receivers just walking around. And Tariq Cohen, I feel like those type of backs are a dime a dozen. I feel like an extension wasn't really necessary. And the fact that it, we did it before A-Rob, it just it, it puts a bad taste in my mouth, especially with Ryan Pace. I feel like, I feel like uh, Tariq... Like I said, dime a dozen type guy. We can find him in the draft, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth round. Um, I'm gonna. He was a fourth rounder. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Jeff. Well, and see, the one thing about that is that um, I think I think JD reassured us a little bit that he thinks the A Rob will get done. Um, they've obviously been working on this to Cohen a little bit longer than that. It's not something that they've just threw together in a couple of days. I wouldn't think so. Um, but they, you know, we all know Ryan Pace likes his guys. And um, Tariq Cohen's one of them, you know. Um, so he and likes look, his guys. He, he took care of them. And the teammates love Tariq Cohen. I mean, he's, no one wants him more than Tariq at 5'6". I mean, he he outplays his stature, physical stature. That's all wonderful. But I wonder how Allen Robinson, you know, as much as right. Tariq was rooting for him to get paid earlier in the week on social media, uh, you know, optics are not. Uh, I don't have the same optimism that the Allen Robinson thing gets figured out okay. just because you know jd brought up timing and at 27 that's when guys get paid and maybe it's the last time they get paid even though he's been in the league seven years you know the pandemic is really impacting the salary cap and you know the fr- franchise tag number is going to go down so if you tag him he's really going to be upset because it, you know it's going to go from about 17.8 almost 18 million this year for his position and it may go down substantially by a couple million dollars. Right. So I don't know that the timing is working for him. And, and with, you know, before the trade deadline, if, it, if, there, if there's still at an impasse at the trade deadline, you know, what do you do? Do, do you want the disgruntled player who doesn't want the tag? No, no player wants the tag because yeah. of, it's a one-year guarantee and, and injury is always looming. Or do you say, you know what, we still don't know what we have here with our quarterback. We have some other guys who can catch the ball. Let's get the best we can get for him, you know, get a decent draft pick and move forward. I don't know. When you finally get a guy like this, you like you like to have him hang around. But I think over the last couple of years, we've seen a lot of wide receivers, a lot of top wide receivers in the NFL leave teams and go elsewhere. Sure. So, sure. yeah, we'll see if that happens. Let's go quickly to uh, Mitchell and Displains. Mitchell, what's up? Hey, Fred. I um, want to get your uh, opinion on this. It's only a matter of time before Trubisky basically falters, okay, and he's going to regress. 
because the past performance is very indicative to future, you know, with his future uh, performance. Uh, that's a total fact. Now, what is the um, harm if he struggles and they put in Nick Foles? Why? What's the big deal? Like, why can't he just learn from Nick Foles and watch and watch how a cerebral quarterback actually can, you know, officially run the offense? Like, why is our why does Ryan Pace have to baby down uh, Matt Nagy to baby down uh, Team Trubisky because he was the second all, you know, second uh, pick, you know, overall pick? I mean, I don't understand how this quarterback Trubisky gets away with bad performance as compared to my 51 years being a Chicago Bears fan. Because I'll tell you this right now, when uh, Mike Dicka was a coach, uh, if Tom Zach was struggling, he would put in uh, Jim Harbaugh. If Jim Harbaugh was having a bad game, he'd put in Peter Tom Willis. Uh, if McMahon in 83 was having a hard time, he'd put in Vince Evans. Okay, So this idea that Trubisky gets benched actually would be a good thing for him. It would actually be a positive uh, move in his career because they're struggling with him. Mitchell, well, would you last week, would you have yeah. would you have gone uh, to Foles last week? No, totally. I after those, okay, first of all, yes. And after all the talk, which was total talk, it was a ruse of a story about how he increased his technique and footing. Even Nick Foles, when he was found out that he wasn't going to start, he goes, "It wasn't based on my footwork because you know why? It's an insult to Nick Foles because he's beyond that. The fact that they're using that as an excuse is so lame." Yes, I would have. If I would have saw, if I were the coach, I would have grabbed Travis by his shoulder pads and I would have put him down and said, "Listen, you're not ready for prime time. You need to go back to like another league. I suggest that we trade you to the CFL for seven years, and then when you're ready, because he's not ready for the NFL." So Mitchell, last week, oh boy, Mitchell, we we appreciate yeah. it. I'm sorry, we're running short on time, but I know you go Tom for a while. Willis, I, you know, my my Cheerios almost came up on Peter Tom Willis. Um, <laughs> Well, really? yeah, I, I I know Mitchell Mitchell's not a Trubisky fan, and there's a lot of people out there that are not, and and, uh, and that's and it's legitimate and it's fine, right, but right. Um, you know Nick Foles apparently did not win the job exactly, and and and, and, and you know he's had a, you know an up and down career and and he's been better off the bench and he's been he gets hot for weeks important weeks and postseason weeks, um, I, you know. I, I guess the question on the table is: Nick Foles still the guy that Ryan Pace should have gone to to push Mitch Trubisky? There were other guys out there, right. other options. Yeah, there were uh, several other options and cheaper too. We come back. We'll take a look at the New York Giants. They're in town to take on the Bears. We'll discuss it. We come back after this on ESPN One Thousand. Continuing, continuing, continuing Bears coverage. Follow us on Twitter at ESPN1000. Follow us on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. And we have more Bears right now. The Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN1000. Don't forget your final couple minutes to uh, get in on the uh, polls we have up at ESPN 1000 talking about uh, how much of a difference Robert Quinn will make in the Bears debut today and uh, which will be higher, Saquon Barkley's rushing yards or Mitchell Trubisky's passing ra- passer rating. And also we have another one up there, so check them out at ESPN 1000. We'll give you the results in just a couple of minutes. Brian Hanley, Fred Hubner, and we go to Jordan Ronan, who covers the New York Giants for ESPN NFL Nation. Jordan, how are you today? I'm good. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. I want to ask you, what was the biggest surprise out of the Steelers game? Could it have been anything other than Saquon Barkley getting only six yards? Yeah, I mean, 
the fact that the Giants' offensive line struggled against that defense, not a huge surprise, right? But Saquon running for .4 yards per carry is definitely number one. Think about that for a second. Yeah. .4 <laughs> yards per carry, and this is Saquon Barkley. That's anybody. I mean, if you quarterback sneak 15 times, they would average more than .4 yards per carry. Easy. I mean, think about that. Yeah. .4 yards each time a guy like Saquon Barkley touched the ball. So, yeah, they obviously have to do a much better job there. But really what it was is you look at it from a big picture and you say, a lot of the Giants' weaknesses you thought they had, they showed on that Monday night game. You know, that second cornerback spot, covering on the back end, uh, the offensive line. Like that's kind of what you were concerned about going to the season. But if you are surprised in a positive end about it, as you think about it, that's a really good fit for Steelers team. And the New York Giants were driving down the field and inside the red zone with three minutes left in the third quarter with a chance to take the lead, right? They're down 16-10, basically at the end of the third quarter. Probably had a, you know, could have gotten in the end zone, but Daniel Jones threw a costly interception there, and then it kind of went downhill. But, you know, overall for a team that the Giants are the worst team in the NFL over the last three years, right? I mean, the worst record of any team in the NFL the last three years combined. So the fact that they had an opportunity and they were hanging with a really good Pittsburgh Steelers team is looked at fairly optimistically at this point. So, Jordan, when, uh, if you're Joe Judge and Jason Garrett, do you, do you stay committed to trying to get that running game going, even with the patchwork offensive line? Or because it was so horrendous last week, you, you do anything but try to force feed Saquon Barkley? No, no, no. This team is built around Saquon Barkley. Joe Judge and the Giants are not going to, uh, you know, give up on the run at this point. That was one game against a good defense. Uh, they obviously had their problems. It wasn't just the offensive line. It was the tight ends. It was the running back. Saquon himself is blocking on the, the pass blocking end, but it wasn't good. So, like, they're, but they're, they are going to, and Joe Judge has said this, they're going to keep giving him the ball. Like, you know, this team is not going to have success if they don't, you know, utilize Saquon Barkley a lot. So I would expect them again to go back to it early, often, and throughout this game. I mean, the, the, Saquon Barkley is going to get his touches. I mean, he had almost 20. I think he had, I think it was, I think he had four catches. So about, so he had 19 or 20 total touches in a game where he couldn't run the ball. So in a game when they can run the ball and the bears, if you think about it, would they give up 14, well, uh, 93 to eight to the, the course yeah. of Adrian Peterson. Yep. I mean, you would think Saquon would be able to have some success against this team, and the Giants spent probably uh, an inordinate amount of time this week making sure to get that run game right. Jordan Ronan uh, joining us from ESPN NFL Nation here on the Corona Hotline. How did, how did Giants fans feel about Jason Garrett coming to the Giants to run their offense after they saw what he's did in, yeah. in, in Dallas all these years? I think it's being looked at pretty favorably because if there's one thing, I mean, look, people didn't love Jason Garrett as a head coach, and I think, you know, there's reasons to be weary of him as a head coach and the lack of success they had with overall with the talent they had. But if you look at one thing, actually two things. Number one is he had some pretty good success developing young quarterbacks, right? Think about his two quarterbacks during his time there were an undrafted Tony Romo, and a mid-round Dak Prescott. And they both grew, regardless of what you think of them. They were groomed into pretty good quarterbacks. And the Cowboys' offense 
while he was there, granted he hasn't called plays in a long time, he was still a big part of that process, the Cowboys' offense was pretty good. I think one out of his, like, 12 years there total, including when he was the coordinator, they were, like, below average in, you know, production. Uh, you know, in the, in the bottom half of the league. Like, one year they were below 16th in regards to, uh, you, know, a, you know, offensive efficiency. So his offenses as a whole were pretty good. And I think people think that the Giants' offense, with the weapons that they have, with the young quarterback that I think a lot of people do believe in, that with Jason Garrett as just the guy who's running the offense and not handling, you know, head coaching decisions and the overall team can be a successful combination for Daniel Jones and this group. And let me just say this. The Bears are are the guinea pigs right now because for the first time ever since he, you know, became the starting quarterback, Daniel Jones will have all his offensive weapons on the field at the same time. Take one Barkley, Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, and Darius Slayton, all available today for the first time ever. So this is really the first full look at Daniel Jones with the full uh, arsenal of weapons. Well, that said, Jordan, what what's your ceiling for Daniel Jones? I mean, he's called Athletic Eli, bigger than Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jameis Winston. I mean, there's a lot of comps <laughs> yeah. there. Uh, that's, that's not a favorable one. <laughs> no, not necessarily. <laughs> that's not what you want. Hey, you're Jameis, you know. <laughs> He's got the turnovers. But I think it's fair. I think it's guy. fair to a degree, right? Because the fumbles were so ridiculous right. last year that it is fair to a degree to, to go that low. I mean, uh, 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 the thing with Daniel Jones is it hasn't been, it wasn't really the, the interceptions weren't out of control last year, especially for a rookie. Uh, so, but it, the real problem was the fumbles. Uh, you know. 18 fumbles, 12 loss, just gigantic numbers for a quarterback that started, I believe it was 12 games. You know, I mean, you, you parade that over 16 games. It's just those are uh, unrealistic numbers almost. So that is a problem. I think what we know about Daniel Jones is he's going to be at least an average quarterback in the NFL. Like he's proven he could do a lot of things really good. If he gets rid of those, that, that one or two dumb plays each game that were just, you know, brain freeze moments. There's a lot of other good things to take from Daniel Jones. So he's going to be an average quarterback, but it, it'll depend on how much he could fix the, the turnover problem and the mistakes to see just how good he can be, right? Can he be a top 15 quarterback? Can he eventually grow into a top 10 quarterback? I, I don't know if, like, you know, top five quarterback is ever really going to be in his range of, of uh, outcomes, but. I think at least the Giants know that they have an average starter in Daniel Jones. And as the Bears are probably well aware, and Bears fans are probably well aware, it's hard to draft a quarterback and, you know, <laughs> hit on it. And so the fact that you you feel confident that he's at least an average quarterback is sort of like a win after year one of the progression, right? So I think Giants fans are very optimistic, and I think the Giants in general, they're very bullish on Daniel Jones. And I think he's going to be a pretty good quarterback in this league, you know. He probably will be in the range of Eli Manning, what he was, right? I mean, Eli was never really a top-five quarterback except during those two playoff runs. But he was in the top-ten range kind of quarterback where he could do a lot of things, still turn the ball over and had some foolish plays. But obviously good enough where you can win championships with that kind of quarterback, right? Yep. So whether he will actually win the championships, Daniel Jones, that's another story. But I really do think that's about his range and, and what most people believe his, his range is 
a range of outcomes is as a quarterback. Jordan, we really appreciate you jumping on for a few minutes. We know it's close to kickoff. Thanks a lot. You got it, guys. Enjoy the game. You too. Thanks. Jordan Ronan from ESPN NFL Nation. Nice enough to jump on in and give us some. Uh, the Giants fans seem like they're in, they're enthused. They're they're excited. New coach and uh, they're hopeful. Now they have their quarterback and he's their guy. So we'll see how that works out for the Giants today. Bears and Giants top of the hour. We come back. We'll take a look at our poll results. We'll also give you our bold predictions right here on ESPN One Thousand. Now the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show continues. Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Oh, Points Bet Sportsbook, the fast and easy way to bet on the sports you care about. Download the Points Bet app now to get $100 in free bets when you deposit $20 with code ESPN. Brian, they did it again. The NFL yes, doesn't they, the NFL doesn't seem to care. Um Nine noon Early kickoffs. Games. Yeah, it's like, come on, you've got. I mean, you know, and, and you know, people don't watch football like they used to. They just, unfortunately, they just sit and watch the red zone all day long, and they watch their home game. You know, and that's it. They don't watch anything. Short else. attention spans. Yeah, but I would love to have like five three o'clock games. And you just spread it out a little bit. I mean, there's a couple other games. Yeah, you, know, you could have moved a Rams Eagle game to a three o'clock. And now they've got Washington and the Cardinals. You got Ravens Texans, which would be a good game, and then Chiefs Chargers, which ah, who knows? They're both. What time uh, is uh? What time is Vic Fangio not calling timeouts? What time does he uh? Yeah, he's uh he's not calling timeouts. Uh, boy, I don't even see his game. I think they've skipped his. He's game. Got the Steelers today, I believe. I want to say that's a noon game. Oh, boy. I'm sure it would yeah. be. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I love Vic. And, yeah, it but, was the first game know, here. Yeah. Boy, help! I don't know what what you're doing there, but okay. No, it didn't seem to make much sense. And then we'll see how uh, we'll see how Tom Brady does today. And mm-hmm. Take a look at the Panthers and uh, the Niners are going into uh, New York. They they play back to back weeks. They play the Jets and then the Giants, both in New York, and they've got no George Kittle this week. And there's a lot of guys that are out. Uh, Michael Thomas of the Saints is out this week. Wide receiver Chris Godwin for the Bucks is out. Kenny Galladay out again. So a lot of people are uh, out. Before we Peter get to Tom our, Willis not playing. That's right. Peter Tom Willis is not. Now, if yeah. Ditka was here, he'd, <laughs> he'd <laughs> Peter right Tom Willis there. would be right there. You they know it. it. Uh, yeah. So before we get to our bold predictions, let's get to our um, – our sports polls, our uh, football polls, and uh, Tyler's got all that information. All right, so we start with this one. What will Mitch Trubisky's passer rating be today? 60 to 80%, only getting about 30% of the vote. 81 to 100, the overwhelming leader in the clubhouse right now, 55 and a half, and then 101 plus at 14.7% of the vote. Oh, they don't think uh, Mitch is going to follow up on that fourth quarter, I guess. Mm. I guess not. <laughs> 88's the uh, NFL average after week one, right? So um, about uh, just a, a solid, uh, nothing spectacular effort from Mitch. All right, next up we've got which will be higher today, Saquon Barkley's rushing yards or Mitch Trubisky's passer rating. This is a lot closer than I thought it would be. Uh, but Mitch Trubisky's passer rating with a narrow 51.9% of the vote over Saquon Barkley's rushing yards today. Hmm. They must really think that Saquon's going to turn it on in this Bears defense who struggled with Adrian Peterson is going to struggle with a much better, younger running back. Hmm. Hope they don't. (laughs) (laughs) And then the last one we've got out there, how much of a difference will Robert Quinn make in his Bears debut today? Notable impact is the leader at 53%. That's followed up by minimal impact at 27%. Total backfield disruptor at 115 and a non-factor at 8.8%. I will say this about Robert Quinn. He's played 
five career games against the Giants, only one and a half sacks. Hmm. Well, that's not good for my bold prediction that's coming up. Uh-oh. Well, maybe he can get the Khalil uh, Max six pressures. Um. <laughs> Somebody's got to. Somebody's got, they got to find someone and give those to. I guess. I mean, the defense and I'm I'm the naysayer because, and I understand the defense only gave up like seventeen point eight or eighteen points per game and all that stuff. And if the offense was better, they would have won more games and this, 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 and this. But there were so many games last year where it's like make one stop in the third or fourth quarter, or you can win a game. And um, you know, back in the day with you know the '85 Bears and all that stuff, we always go back to that. But you know, they had a thing was they always wanted to allow less than 17 points. Well, they did that quite often, allowed less than 17 points. But when they needed to make a stop late in games, they did. And last year, this defense didn't. And all offseason, I kept hearing, well, you know, the Bears have a Super Bowl caliber defense. Oh, yeah. Ah, ah, you got a new corner, you got a new safety, and you've got, a, you know, Robert Quinn, who's we haven't seen yet. Trevathan has not looked the same either. Oh, no. Now, I like Roquan Smith a lot, but you know what? I didn't see a, a ton of great plays from him last week, but you know we'll go back and, and look. And uh, you know, everybody, Kyle Fuller got credit for an interception that that was tipped. Yeah, me, Brian, or Tyler could have actually caught. Yes, I actually was going to jump off my couch and go get it. It was up up in the air for so long. And <laughs> hey, you know, you know what? You need a break here or there. Yeah, you need a guy to drop a touchdown. Oh, I know. Pass in the end zone. I know. I know. It's big. And uh, so yeah, you get you get some, and it happens all the time in the NFL. Every single game. There's a guy that makes a good play. Listen, if if there weren't mistakes made by defenses, games would be really boring because everybody would just shut the other guy down. So every every single play in the NFL, there's there there's nothing better. And I bring this up every once in a while. Tom Waddle breaks down how many things have to go right for a, a like a, a 12 yard sideline route and everything that's got to go right and how everybody's got to do their job. And it's amazing that so many times that it actually works because for 11 guys to go on out there and do their job for one thing to succeed, uh, it's absolutely amazing. But it's it's true. And it's it, it, of all the sports that have, you know, baseball, baseball's a team sport. Yeah, it's a one-on-one sport, pitcher, hitter. Right. And, uh, you know, so many other things. Basketball, five-on-five, okay. Um, but hockey, I'm just confused by hockey. I don't know. The puck's all over the place. You know, I don't even know that the Stanley Cup final has started, to, um, but I, I guess it had. Uh, <laughs> the Hawks have been out for months, it seems like. Yeah, so. yeah, they, yeah the bubble, the bubble, the two-month bubble or three-month yeah. bubble, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, but I mean, football is the ultimate uh, in team sport when you've got 11 guys and they've got to figure out how to get everybody to be on the right page and everything like that. And the Bears are still trying. We'll see how they do today. My bold prediction really quick, I don't know if I'm stealing anybody else but I think there'll be sacks from both Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn today. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Well, I will be uh, even more specific. They will have a total of seven, and let's call it four sacks, three turnovers uh, forced. They will have the defense, will uh, the lucky seven to uh, lead the uh, Bears to, to victory with that combination. That's, That's a bold good. statement. Much to your joy today, Fred. There's not going to be Dick Stockton on the call. Bears are on CBS today, and that means we're getting Ian Eagle. And whenever Ian Eagle's on the call for the Bears, the defense always has a ton of turnovers, it feels like. Like that Panther game a couple years ago, he gets the Lion game, too, with the Bears. So I'm going to say the Bears get three turnovers today, and one goes for a touchdown. The nice part about Wow! That's bold! Just the best part about the game is that Ian Eagle's doing it. Um, Yeah. Because last, I mean, it's it's just, I felt so bad for Jonathan Vilma. 
I mean, can't the can't the NHL playoffs end sooner so Kenny Albert can? He's probably going to have to quarantine after the thing's over with. He's probably have to be quarantined for fourteen days or something like that. Um, so I'm not sure how that's going to work. But yeah, Dick Dick Stockton's just so bad. You know what he needed? Air Jordans. He just needed someone ought to get him the not the thirteens either. You need yeah. to get uh, Dick a nice new pair of Air Jordans, the ones or twos or threes. Yeah, and um, yeah, I, we'll see. We'll see how things go. I'm I'm expecting the Bears. I think we're all expecting. I looked at the paper, both papers well, today. This, this scares me too. When everybody picks the Bears, all eight, oh, right? Yes, three. Yeah, five in the Sun Times, three in the Tribune. Yeah. Um, you have to search for someone out there calling for a Giants win. Yeah, and uh, I did see the line was five, five and a half. I right, don't know five and a half, forty two. Yeah, and a half. so it's actually bumped down to four and a half now. Is it really? So okay, that shows you where where the money's trickling in. Yeah, hmm. yeah, and I think forty two and a half was the uh, was the number. So, and everybody had it right about that. You know, like a twenty four sixteen somewhere right around there. So they're not expecting super. Uh, super lot of points. We'll see what happens. Game just getting underway. Uh, Brian and I will be back next week, hopefully talking about a 2-0 Bears team getting ready for their third game of the season. Thanks to Tyler Aki for all of his help. Thanks to all of you for listening and for calling. Um, don't forget the post-game show. Jeff Meller, Howard Griffith. As soon as the game's over, they'll be here for two hours taking your phone calls. 312-332-3776. Brian, have a good one. We'll talk to you soon. Talk to you, Fred. Thanks for listening. We will see you all later right here on ESPN 1000.